0: Hello. Welcome to Conversations in Calvinism. I'm Dan Chappa, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Turton fan. How's it going, Turton fan? It's going great. How's it going with you? Doing great as well. Um, I'm just uh, overjoyed that the Eagles did not win another Super Bowl. (laughs) No, uh, I I, I guess um, I do have family that are uh, Chiefs fans, so I'm happy for them and everything. but being a Dallas Cowboys fan, it's
1: hard to, to take uh watching the Eagles uh win another one. It as much as I'm not the biggest Super Bowl fan on the planet, it, it one thing, the one I, I found some redeeming, I tried to find some redeeming moment in there that I particularly I try to find something uplifting. So there were a couple of things. One was that I think the Hobby Lobby organization, I don't know if it's the the charitable organization associated with them that runs the uh, the Bible Museum, or if it's some other part of the entity, but they had those Super Bowl commercials intended to promote Christianity. I don't know if I completely love the way they presented it, but it is it's, it's nice to see them putting their priority on trying to promote Christianity. So I like that. And although. Uh, It's not necessarily, it raised some questions for me about the safety of the child, but it was interesting to see a woman, uh, a pregnant woman put on display as someone, as sort of a a focal point, which uh, might lead more people to seek out pregnancy and producing more human beings, which Will serve help to ensure the survival of humanity. I mean, we it's absolutely necessary. And glorifying motherhood is not what I would have expected from you know the secular world today. So that, to the extent that it did glorify motherhood, then I'm happy. I that's I understand that I'm really grasping at straws here, but you know, <laughs> it's some, something good there. Yeah, that
0: um, I. I know of what you speak okay very, very good very good so we're uh, i guess um here today to discuss the hebrews 6 uh, warning uh, hebrews 2 warnings so um hopefully we'll do a series on each of the warning texts so hebrews 2 hebrews 3 hebrews 6 hebrews 10 and hebrews 12 um so this hebrews 2 is a good way to start it up it's the first warning in the book um and this might not be that long of an episode. We'll see, um, but we can just go through it piece by piece and just kind of discuss the text. We've been looking at lots of different commentaries and things like that, but uh, I guess it's um, time to, I guess <laughs> at least for me to to form my own thoughts in terms of what I I think the passage is saying.
1: So, go ahead. Before we actually start, I want to give a quick shout out to Donnie, who's hosting a debate right now. So, if people are interested in the debate, they should. Just pause our live. They can come back and listen to it later. But go catch the live debate that's happening on uh, around the King James version with Nick, who I've been responding to in sort of a separate series of of responses. Uh, eventually, God willing, I'll actually come to the issues that he's talking about in this debate. So, uh, but not today, not in this episode. So if you're uh, nicked out, uh, then this is the episode for you, and uh, and you could stay here and enjoy our presentation. So. Hopefully you will stay around or come back and listen later.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's such a great uh, channel that Donnie has. Um, I'm sure that'll be an interesting debate. So we'll ha- I'm, sh- there'll probably be um, follow up on that also, but we'll see. Okie dokie. I will add the passage to the screen here. So the warning starts in um, Hebrews two one and. It says, for this reason, we must pay uh, much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Um, For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed by those who heard. God also testifying with them, uh, both by signs and wonders, and by various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. Okay, so obviously it starts out with for this reason, and it's a following on from chapter one. So in chapter one, the um, central message is the supremacy of Christ and how He is, um, that He is God, and that He is the exact representation of God and the truest and, and fullest revelation of God that. Um, will ever have and um, that he is superior to uh, the angels and um, everything else in he's just it's all about his supremacy it also just slightly touches on the topic that's coming up throughout the whole book of hebrews which is the atonement itself in christ's death and that salvation is through christ's blood Um, there's a brief mention of that in chapter one so the hebrews 2 is following from that and starts with um we have to pay close attention to what we've heard now it doesn't reference specifically what it is that we've heard it doesn't you know like provide a list if you go back to the aforementioned passage it's definitely about who christ is um and his supremacy that's and also redemption through Christ's blood. Those are most certainly the most important things that were just recently mentioned in terms of the things that we've heard. So my gravitation is to to say that it's about the gospel. At least that's the most important aspect of what was heard. Although it's not, it doesn't have to be limited to just the um, gospel presentation. But it's certainly the most central point of what was just just heard. Um, so I, I don't know if you want to comment on um, uh, on on that aspect uh, in terms of you know what it is we heard uh, that we're supposed to pay very close attention to.
1: Um, it sometimes I do get sometimes I do find the structure of Hebrews a bit complicated. And I do like, I, when I read through, when I'm reading through a lot of times, I feel like Hebrews one and Hebrews two are the, like the first few verses uh, are very similar to the first few verses. So the first few verses of Hebrews one have some very similar themes to the first few verses of hebrews 2 and yet that's i mean it's not a very long chapter but it's about 14 verses from between hebrews 1 1 and in the meantime there's a lot of discussion uh primarily about the the son and the on how great he is and the superiority of Christ to the angels but I suppose that I mean I, I tend to think about it when I look at it that way I do tend to think that the things that we're that we've heard are references kind of back to those I, I actually like I, which is that you have there, the NASB right uh, I kind of like the way that the NASB it's it's actually tough to read. In general, but I like what I like it for the purposes we have it here today, which is as you can see, it puts the all caps around the quotation mark. Essentially the quoted text from the old testament is is all caps. And therefore, as a result, when as you scroll through, you see a big chunk of it is old testament quotations. And so when he says, Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest any time we shut them slip, it, it's, it's un, it might be that he's talking about both the Old Testament scriptures, but also the New Re- New Testament revelation of Jesus Christ, because that's, uh, that's how the first chapter began. It said, God, at, who at various times and in diverse manners spake in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to, unto us by his Son and then, as you saw, there's this whole quotations from the Old Testament, but the, the greatness of Jesus is superior to that old order. So he's better than the angels. And the angels, everybody knows that angels are great, but he proves this. The author of Hebrews proves this through these quotations. Like this one about you are my son. None of the angels are called that. And then Let all the angels of God worship him. And again, no no one, the angels don't, aren't told that. And he makes his angels, uh, a minister, his angels' winds and his ministers a flame of fire. And then again, uh, in contrast to those angels, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom, uh, or as the King James has it, thy kingdom, speaking to him. So the. Uh, you know, these quotations after quotation after quotation, proving from the scriptures the superiority of the Son to the angels, and that coming right at the heels of that introductory portion at the beginning, where it says, in past times, it was revealed to us by the prophets, but now it's being revealed to us by the Son. So when I, I think when I have that type of background coming in, then I think when we see in one, therefore we should give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, I I think it's a bundle. I think it's the Old Testament things that we've heard, but also the New Testament things that we've heard, the things that we've heard from Jesus. And I think that's confirmed by verse three, uh, where it says, after it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. So the emphasis is on the declaration, the revelation of God through Jesus Christ, both directly through the Lord and also by those by the confirmation of the eyewitnesses so the ones who god testified to with these miraculous gifts so i you know as you say i mean the the central point of that is the gospel message i don't i think it would be a mistake to think that that's not the central point but uh but anyway so i think largely we're in agreement on that point I don't. i don't know if i have any I'm not sure I'm raising any differences, really. i just maybe saying the same thing in different words or something.
0: Well, we're tracking. We're on the same page. So, um, okay. So then the next clause is so that we do not drift away from it. So drift away from the things we heard, specifically drift away from the gospel, I think, is the central concern. The word drift away is an interesting one. Um, And, you know, I've looked this up multiple times and multiple different commentaries and lexicons and things like that um the idea it is it seems to be a nautical term now there's some a little bit of dispute as to what it means um most think of it as like a, a ship drifting away like if it's not either anchored or tied to the dock or something like that it might drift away or this in the same concept it could just drift on by not necessarily drift away it could be drift on by versus uh, drift away so like um if a the boat just drifts on by um the the dock it's never moored to the dock it's never tied to the dock but it just drifts by so that's the primary sense and it seems to be the most popular way to view the word the term um The other way people have seen it, some people argue that it's, it's like a, um, like a, let's say like a leaky bucket, right? Don't, don't let the water leak out of the bucket Um, would be another way. Some people have taken it, but that uh, point of view seems to be a lot less popular and less common, but either way, the sense of it is um, this sort of missed opportunity or uh, floating away from something, not retaining, or missing what's important, missing the the big picture or the point, um, that sort of thing. So, um, and I guess one important usage is from the Septuagint, the Proverbs uh, three twenty one. My son, let not them depart from the eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Um, so that's that's another, in the at least in the Septuagint is you know, just retain what you have. Don't let it just uh, slip on by, slip your mind, uh, be carried past that, that, that sort of thing to flow past, uh, lest we be carried past, pass by drift away. Um, so I think that's the, the general sense of the term. It's not a very common term. In fact, it looks like it's only used one time in the new Testament, but, uh, that's the, ultimate picture. Um, since I saw far more sources saying that it's drift on by like a boat that isn't anchored or a, a boat that just flows on down the river without stopping where it should stop. I think that's that's the most likely sense that uh, we should take from from it so that we either float away from the gospel or we float on by the gospel either one, but that's the, the general sense uh, for that term. Um, so so yeah, I guess I could, uh, I'll, I'll pause Pause there. Any thoughts on this, uh, um, so that we do not drift away from it clause?
1: I noticed that the, uh, the King James has a different way, a, a different uh, picture, it's kind of a, the same word, but with a different emphasis. So in the way that it has, in uh, in the King James, it's lest at any time we should let them slip, as opposed to the us being the ones that are drifting, we're allowing something else to drift. I when I'm looking at the Greek word, it's an you know it's an aorist active subjunctive. I just I think I'm not sure what whether it means that we are the ones slipping or we are the ones, uh, you know, kind of letting the things slip through our fingers or slip out of our minds. Uh, but
0: we're, we're we're the ones
1: drifting. Yeah. We're the,
0: we're the ones drifting away from the gospel.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. (laughs) I,
0: that's that, that's the warning anyways. Yeah
1: but i mean that, that's not the reading in the king james that's that's all i'm saying i'm i'm not i'm not trying to be like dogmatic that the king james is right i'm just noticing that there's a, d- a slight difference between the king oh. james and the, and the nasb on that point
0: oh okay uh.
1: Uh, i i'm not i'm not dogmatic about having it has to be the king james is right i think nick can testify that i sometimes criticize the king james <laughs> i i just <laughs> notice the difference
0: so the New King James says, less we drift away. But let's see. So what does the Old King James have? Less at any times we should. Sl- no, that's 21st century.
1: But but it's a, it's something similar.
0: Uh, well, then what's the, OK, then maybe I'm missing the difference. So, so less we should let, oh, let them slip. No, that's not right. <laughs> uh, OK, interesting. Yeah, so even the New King James and the 21st century King James fixed that
1: um well i'm i i wonder if i wonder if it makes a difference whether it's we who are slipping from the things we heard or we're letting the things we heard slip away from us in both cases the concept could be one of us neglecting what we've heard either we drift on by the things that we heard and therefore we're not anchored or we let them drift on by but without holding them and retaining them in our heart uh but i think whichever way we look at it i think we'll tie to verse three and that concept in verse three so maybe when we get to verse three we can uh we can we can come back to that i mean i don't think it'll make a difference on verse three and that's where the the rubber hits (laughs) the road
0: okay yeah fair enough um okay so um one other thing I guess um what is going on oh oh maybe my screen is stuck
1: Oh, I, mine is not stuck I wonder if I can just remove yours and put it back sure. do you do you see the do you see yourself right now or no
0: no just, I'll re, i'll rejoin here
1: okay I'm just pulling your uh you're now rejoining in the window that you're sharing. <laughs> so I'll just uh, not share that window. I'll share this one instead. Oh, now there's two copies of you in there. Uh, I think I can remove the original you and put in the new you. Does that work for you? I'm here. Let me remove. Are other. you echoing now? Now there's two of you. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> All right. See, we're getting some comments. Uh, while while you're while you're figuring that out, he says, "You guys keep me sane," uh, which is uh, Jamie Russell Christian Middle Earth says, "You guys keep me sane," which is good because it's a uh, it's a blessing to to uh, to try to anchor ourselves to God's word. And this is a great way to do that by discussing it. He says, I appreciate the way you conduct yourselves. Thank you. It sounds—it kind of sounds like Christ was worshipped before. Not that I think that, Jamie says. Uh, I don't know. I know that Christ was worshipped by the angels. I mean, he's the second person of the Trinity. So he's, he's always been worshipped uh, when we worship God even if people didn't correctly understand the Trinity in the Old Testament before the revelation provided in the New Testament. Unmoored is uh, similar to your point about not anchored, I think. Jamie, are you able to see the comments, Dan, or are you are you still fixing things? Yeah. I. Or are you getting a lot of feed, echoes of yourself? Let's see. Yeah,
0: so I still have it. Can you remove the second me?
1: Let me try this. Just tell me. Do you still get echoes of yourself like this? Okay. Other <laughs> <laughs> me. The problem. The, the problem is if I mute that version of you, then I can't hear you. So, all right. So how do we, how, how are we going to fix this? Uh, oh. Remove the one that isn't in. Let's see. Uh, I, I don't, can I just boot, edit mic settings? No, I can't. I don't know if I can boot you because you're an admin. I can rename you. I think. But I don't, no, I can't. you may have to actually exit StreamYard and come back in order to make your, uh, other, uh, your alter ego disappear. Okay. Now you're partly out, but you're not completely out. Uh, I wonder if there's another way guests, no band guests. Um, uh, Peter, like Peter's death. I mean, Peter uses the word, a word about his impending death uh, and his comment about if there's any connection to my departure. So fake Dan Chapa is still there. Now there's a second copy of fake Dan Chapa. We'll change this one to being real Dan Chapa. And... Can we add you back in the stream? Thumbs up if you can hear me. There you go. Yeah. Are you still getting the echo? There's still a copy of you in there. Yeah. Might just have to live with that. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, do you get an echo? Uh, it's an for truth. Looking forward to all your future debates. You're both truth. How are you in here? You, the other debate is uh, ongoing. It's good to see you, though, Donny. And uh, we encourage you to continue continue on. <laughs> Two ten chapters. Yeah, go go check out the other debate. <laughs> <laughs> Please just come back.
0: But i have sure actually paused other the other debate.
1: Uh, where am I? am in the middle of uh, Nick's constructive. I I paused it in order to do this stream. The whole genome duplication evidence for evolution, Dan. Uh, can't win against one Dan let alone two we're working up to five points of Chapa-ism let's see it it usually goes away for Jamie Uh, I don't know how long we have to wait Uh, let's see dualism is true I guess which is the spirit versus which is the sark of Dan Chapa If this were a soap opera, we would be talking about the identical twin of Dan Chapa or something like that. Ah, he has finally closed it out, and he should disconnect shortly, the old Dan Chapa. So, one, one is the letter, and one is the spirit. But seriously, Danny, I, I am enjoying, uh, if you're still listening, I am enjoying the other uh, debates. And, uh Ha-ha, <laughs> debate just, uh, just ended 10 minutes ago, okay. No, we we actually started, if you go back to the beginning, we did tell everybody, if you're watching us live, pause what we're doing and go over and listen to the debate. So uh, I haven't finished watching the debate, but I I will finish it in a bit, so. Hey, your your uh, evil twin just disappeared, so.
0: It's fixed, yeah. <laughs> I killed off my clown.
1: All right, so <laughs> returning to the word. Yes. In Hebrews two. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed. And I kind of uh, is yeah. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to debate the platform and uh, and the topics that you select and the opponents. It's it's actually a great system. We really, really do appreciate it. Hebrews two. Therefore, sh- we should give more earnest earnest heed to the things we have heard. And then it we talked about the. Difference in translation between the King James and more recent translations, which, which suggest it's not we who are slipping, but the words are slipping. Or no, I'm sorry. It's not the the King James has the words are slipping, but in the in the more recent translations, the uh, research seems to suggest that it's actually us that's slipping, uh, and then or sliding or drifting. Drifting, I think, is the one that was popular, uh, but then uh there's this if we're using a drifting or slipping whichever one you're using notice this thing that says that if the word spoken by angels was steadfast
0: well, well, well so one quick point before we get to verse two because um okay sorry so no no that's fine so the one thing that's I find um interesting about verse one is the we right the author is including is warning himself. It's probably the best way to say it. And he says it twice. Um, uh, we ought to give more earnest heed. And we um, lest we should let them slip. And, you know, I think that is important, because the author, whether it was Paul, or whether it was somebody else, either way, um, certainly, the, the author was a genuine believer. And uh, I think that's an important point to note that, uh, the author is applying this warning to to themselves. Okay, um, we can carry on to verse two, but I just wanted to
1: make that note. Great point. Fully agree. Uh, well, so the next phrase is for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast. I don't remember what the NASB ninety five has. I could, I think there's a way to switch it over here, but if you want, you can just pull up your uh, your shared screen if if you'd like. Um yeah,
0: well, no, that's fine. This is this is fine. I will pull in some other versions. Um uh or well, actually I have work. the
1: NASB on my or the ESV and the NASB 2020 on here. It says if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable in the 2020 NASB, and the ESV yeah. says, for since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable. So, reliable, unalterable, or steadfast.
0: Yeah. So, this is interesting, because the revelation, especially to Moses, um, because, okay, and the reason why I think Moses, because every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, well... Certainly, the, the penal codes in the Old Testament law are mostly seen in Exodus and Deuteronomy, some some in Numbers, but in, in, in other places, too. But um, mostly in Exodus and, Deuteron- Exodus and Deuteronomy, where it would have been given to Moses. So I think that's the primary sense. And so in what sense was the word spoken by angels? <laughs> that's usually an interesting question. Um there's um, this is not the only place in the New Testament that says this. Um, there's Paul says it in Galatians and then I think it's also in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 7. there's uh, both of them claim that uh, the law came th- uh, through the mediation of angels and there is a, a Septuagint reference to, something like that Um, but all it really even in the Septuagint reference and I think it's like in Deuteronomy 32 it says that the Lord appeared uh, with thousands of angels Um, it doesn't even say that the angels um, spoke the law but there so I can't find a an Old Testament reference to the angels mediating either the inspiration of scripture or the um uh basically um providing these these commands and everything like that but at the same time um the author of hebrews is definitely not the only one it's in acts and in galatians where they say that say the same thing so it's it is an interesting point some people have said well it must be like you know a some type of tradition that was passed down that the law was uh, mediated through angels. And there certainly is tradition to that effect. Um, But it's an, it's an interesting point because I I, I couldn't find it in the old Testament itself, except for that Septuagint version of Deuteronomy 32. Um, Any thought on the, the idea that the word is spoken
1: by angels? Well, I mean, there's, I'm not hundred percent sure. Sometimes I, I think of the, I think of angels. When I think of angels, usually I'm thinking of angels that are, that conform to the, the usual sense of the word. So like the angel that stands guard at the garden of Eden with a sword in his hand to keep Adam and Eve and others out of the garden that that kind of angel is the kind I'm usually thinking of, something terrifying, dangerous, powerful. There are references to the angel of the Lord giving revelation though. Like for example, in Genesis sixteen seven, the angel of the Lord found her, uh, Hagar, and spoke to her. And that was in seven and nine and 10 and 11 of uh, the verses, the seven through 11 of Genesis 16, the angel of the Lord speaks. And there's more references to the angel of the Lord in various places, including at Exodus 3.2, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. But there's some question about whether that, angel, that reference to angel of the Lord is a theophany or whether it's an, an actual angel because it's called the angel of the Lord, you know that. so that's one of those open questions in, in study. But I'm wondering if the same can apply here as the fact that Moses is being considered as one of these angels of the Lord in the sense that he's a messenger of God. And the people, remember, received the revelation of God, not directly, generally speaking, they received it through Moses and Aaron who are the mess who are God's messengers. They were his servants, his ministers. They were not, they, the people didn't see God face to face, but the apostles did see Jesus face to face. So I, I don't know if that's what the author of Hebrews has in mind, or if he has something else in mind, like you said, some kind of uh, tradition that Moses didn't speak to God face to face, but I mean, we see he did speak to God face to face sometimes. So, I, I don't know if there's
0: yeah. Um, so my 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 first thought is, is it is it it seems to be tying the second chapter to the first, right? So the message in the in the first chapter is the superiority of the Son to the angels. Um, so if it's carrying that point forward, then um oh, uh just a second sure hey, hey mark uh, i'm i'm on right now i'll be with with you soon sorry about that okay um yeah so the if if it is carrying the point forward from of the superiority of christ to the angels then even though the theophanies of the old testament are are, are, are fading pre- and it, i'm not saying that it's not that but it, it it would make it it make it if it's uh a lead-in from the the previous chapter then i think it's probably talking more about um create you know not not theophanies but uh but created beings that are are, are mediating and messengers and that sort of thing so i i guess it's a it's a a little bit of a tough one um Okay. So, but, uh, but not to get stuck on that point. Okay. So it, and then every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense or reward. Okay. I could go on about this all day long. Um, <laughs> the, um, some people want to throw out <laughs> the old Testament and I do not like it. So the, laws in the old testament were just in uh, good laws and they they received good recompense so if we're looking to our own justice system or the american justice system or something like that we have good examples of what laws should look like and you know so one, one example that comes to mind is you know the Punishment for, let's say, theft or other crimes goes to the victim. Right, right. <laughs> I think that part is missing from where we are today. But there, there I could give many, many, many examples of how the Old Testament laws were exactly just. You know, they really, really made sense compared to what we've got today. Um, but um, but don't get me started, I guess, on on that point. The point, the point is that the Old Testament laws were just laws and the penalties in the Old Testament laws were for violations. The penal codes were just penalties. Anyways, um, I don't know before I hop on a soapbox. So why don't you go ahead <laughs> on that
1: point? Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't as far as the as far as the comments about the lead-in I do think that's the the big challenge because the lead-in is definitely there's the references there that seem to be applicable to uh, the sp- spirits not not just human messengers so anyway uh, I I would where i would fo- want to focus is on this uh more not more than on the justice of the law which i agree it is just i wanted to focus on the steadfast or reliable or that that word there the one that's variously translated by the different versions that word uh, bebeos is it's used several times in the in the scriptures it's used in romans that the promise might be sure to all the seed and our hope in uh, in second corinthians our hope in you is steadfast knowing that your as you are partakers of the sufferings so shall you also be of the consolation and and then here in this passage and then again that we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end in, uh, in chapter three. And then again, our confidence steadfast unto the end in verse th- uh, chapter three, verse 14, and then again in six, and then again in nine, uh, and then in, uh, in second Peter regarding making our calling and election sure and having a more sure word of prophecy. And I think that second Peter's one, uh, second Peter's? <laughs> second Peter one had, uh, use of a more sure word of prophecy is actually a, a parallel thought here, and although there he's you know he's talking there he's talking about the voice which uh, this is and this voice which came from the heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, so. The, the reliability or the steadfastness or the trustworthiness of the Mosaic law, which is great, it, this is even, what we have is even more, uh, you know, per, per Peter. And I think that it's not saying, I, I think what's saying it, but, you know, in this comparison mode that the author of Hebrews is in, I think that it's significant that he's not saying that the word spoken by angels was malleable or bendable compared to the unbendable law that we have now, but instead just it's a comparison from the lesser to the greater. So if the word and, you know, the spoken by angels is a kind of puzzling expression, as you said, but if this word, the one that was the old Testament giving of the law, if that was sh- sure, and it had this absolute justice to it, then we what follows in verse 3, uh, we need to take seriously because what we have is even better than what they were given.
0: Yeah, I think that the, there's a definite verbal similarity between 2 and 3, the steadfast versus the confirmed in 3. Um, it's Bebeo in... Um, verse three and bebeos and two, I think. Let's see.
1: Oh, it could be. I didn't notice that similarity in the Greek. Uh, let's see.
0: Bebeos and and so it's a na- in noun form. They they're very
1: close, but they're not. They, they seem to be related, right? I don't know if they actually are, but they seem to be. And this one is to make firm, to establish, to confirm, or to make sure. Whereas the other one is just the already being in that state.
0: Right. But, but, you, but you're absolutely right that it's a superlative, that the gospel is is above. Because Christ is above the angels, the gospel of, of Jesus Christ and that message of salvation is above um the law and another way to say that would be so the law has transgressions people transgress the law and disobedience what is the solution when you transgress the law and why is it worse if you neglect the solution because it's the only solution you've got to breaking the law is the great salvation that's provided to us and that Jesus told us about, and confirmed through signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's that it's, it's because Christ is greater than the angels, and Christ is greater than Moses. And he is providing the solution for the laws provided. Then if we neglect the only salvation we've got the only solution then there's no solution to be had and our problem
1: will never go away yeah what i notice as well is and i think this this chime this fits nicely with what you just said coming back to verse two just for the moment or sorry Sticking with verse three for just a moment, there's the way that the structure of the verse is at least in English, and I think it's matched by the uh, by the Greek. It says that you know, how shall we escape? So that part is fairly straightforward. Although it it the que- it might be a question about what is it we will escape, and I think as you said, maybe what will it, will. <laughs> What we need to escape is those things that were given by the angels. <laughs> the, that's the thing we need. We need to escape the law, uh, and that's. But whether whether it means how will we escape the law, or whether it means how will we escape the greater condemnation that we would have by ignoring these other things. So, if you ignored the law, you suffer death. But if you ignore what jesus brings you suffer hell it's a much greater punishment
0: right because it's a neglecting of uh, of salvation so i mean yes yeah, so it's just the simple fact that you're neglecting salvation you're not saved but also if you don't mind can you drill into escape um sure it, it's
1: or Ugh. i cannot pronounce it today let me uh let me see if i can pull it up for you uh close. So, uh, here we are,
0: yeah, and, and drill into the usage for that, because it I think it's often used in terms of escaping eternal punishment, not always, I mean, it's used many different ways, but I think it's often used for escaping hell,
1: apparently, there's seven New Testament uses, evidently always and them
0: all pretty pretty quick, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: uh, Watch out, watch ye out, and pray always that ye may be counted kind of worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and then stand before the sun. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that sounds like an eschatological escape, escaping hell. Now, uh, Acts 16, that's escaping from prison. So that's different, obviously.
1: And then they escape the
0: house, keep keep trucking down. So Acts 16, Acts 19, keep going. Or, or you had something you
1: want to add? I just wanted to ask. Is with mm-hmm. the folks that we are the um, free grace folks we're talking about, wouldn't I would have thought they would have put this in the tribulation or oh, something right. like that? Yeah, okay. I'm not saying I agree with him, I think I hope it's obvious, but I don't necessarily agree. I just wanted to, All right? So the the prisoners had escaped the prison, uh, and that they escaped from this demon possessed man. So the Romans 2 reference, escape the judgment of God. I think that is talking about
0: hell. Yeah. And uh, he escaped Damascus. Escaping, yeah. escaping in a basket, that, yeah, that's obviously not hell. but. Uh, and this is the... So that's another one. Again, that some people might say that that's the tribulation. Um, others might say that's hell, but... Um,
1: Okay. But anyways, yeah, so it,
0: e- either way, I mean, it's, so, okay, let me, I should be circumspect and say, look, I'm not saying that this is like some technical jargon meaning hell. <laughs> now, in the context of neglecting salvation, I think it is pretty clearly hell. And it's sometimes, at least sometimes, used that way in, in that connection. So so oftentimes, like, you come up with a pet phrase or whatever, and like, um, it's not that the, you know, word just, acquires a new definition, but people are just using, used to hearing it in connection with with a certain topic. And, um, you know, th- that may well be the case there that he's just using familiar language for not being saved. But, you know, I think that's still, you know, I mean, I would probably say that that's a, you know, kind of a more likely than not type of view rather than beyond a reasonable doubt. You couldn't prove it just based on the word usage. But when you put it in that context of neglecting salvation, yeah, that really does sound like um, you're not going to be saved if you if you ignore the gospel or drift away from the gospel.
1: And this um, Emilio is the if we neglect. And here, again, this is, they 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 made light of it and went one way don't neglect the gift that's given to you and here and then again uh this is where he says i because they didn't continue my covenant i essentially neglected them <laughs> they didn't yeah. they uh and i wouldn't uh therefore i will not be negligent to put you in remembrance but it's it's a failure of if not duty, but it's at least a failure of action. It's an inaction with respect to this. This is the word that, emph- that was translated as so great. Uh, but the point I wanted to come to is this word soterios, salvation. Like some people might, when they're reading through this, they might think if we neglect salvation, meaning our own escape from hell, if we neglect our own escape from hell, that might be how people would be tempted to read this. But notice that this salvation, and I think you your explanation before brought this out, but I just want to emphasize, this salvation is what was at the first uh, is the thing which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. So it's the message of salvation, not the individual person's experience of salvation that's in mind here at least is it's as the primary sense you are if you're what you're neglecting is the gospel as opposed to let's say uh you're you're on this like uh ladder of salvation and you're missing a rung on the ladder it's now the two things can go hand in hand you know in the sense that if you neglect the words that that can reflect onto your life, but it could also apply to people who just hear the gospel and don't respond to the gospel who or who respond negatively to the gospel. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Or don't put it, don't make it important to them. Uh, right. They don't prioritize it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay. I guess I, um, let me, let me see if I can start summing up. And um, I th- I think it's interesting that the author includes himself in the warning, and that it's drifting by from primarily the message about who Jesus Christ is, his lordship, his the sal- that we have salvation through his blood, and it's more important than the law of Moses, and it's the solution to breaking the law of Moses. It's, it's a message of salvation. And if, if it's not important to us, then how are we going to escape the penalties under the law of Moses if we don't prioritize Jesus Christ and his message of salvation? So I think that's the gist of the passage. Now, if this were the only text in Hebrews, I I might be on the fence as to, well, what exactly does this mean theologically? Obviously, there's more warnings coming. Usually, people think that the more severe warnings are in chapter 6 and chapter 10. Um, But this one is, to me, is a very it grabs my attention (laughs) and i think especially the fact that the author of hebrews applied this to himself makes me want to apply it to myself so um i i don't know i guess i can i can leave it at that uh, as we start uh, maybe wrapping this episode up but uh i don't know any any last thoughts on this
1: passage I I don't know. I mean, I really love Hebrews. I love the emphasis on the word, the fact that it's the word spoken by angels, the the salvation that began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by the eyewitnesses who worked miracles, according to the Holy Ghost power. That it, this proof, this specially proven. I mean, Moses worked miracles. And they were great, but Jesus rose from the dead. That that's something Moses didn't do. The apostles raised people from the dead, and, and they were they healed miraculously healed people. There's all kind their their testimony is powerfully confirmed by God. And it's I mean I, I think it's a mistake to ignore the fact this is directed to the Hebrews. If we, if we completely neglect that, we're missing it. So I think it's specifically aimed at people who have at least uh, at least a, a formal assent to the truth of the Old Testament scriptures. But it, although it's directed to them primarily, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's more broadly applicable. And f- for us who claim the name of Christ, and say that we believe not only the Old Testament scriptures, but also the New Testament scriptures, these things should also apply to us. We're, we're not Hebrews in that, necessarily Hebrews in that physical sense, but we are, uh, and and the author of Hebrews doesn't get into like what Paul talks about, but the, uh, nevertheless, I think these type of warnings and this, you know, admonition to, to take the revelation of God in Jesus Christ seriously Is something that we all need to uh to listen to. So
0: I did uh I I would be negligent if I didn't make one other last point that is besides the point, but it is an, an interesting point, which is a lot of people use Hebrews 2 3 to argue that Paul is not the author of the book because he specifically makes a distinction between Those that which at the first uh, at the first began to be spoken of by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And he does not seem to be including himself. The author of this book does not seem to be including himself as a direct recipient of the gospel. Now. I don't think that is a slam dunk that it isn't Paul, right? because Paul wasn't one of the 12. He didn't travel around during the three years of Christ's uh, earthly ministry. So maybe that's all that it means. But it it does seem a bit odd because Paul certainly did have a direct relation of the gospel from the Lord on the road to Damascus.
1: I I have a question. Uh, I mean, I'm mostly in agreement with your, your point, sir, but I do have a question, which is, we are told very often in the Gospels that the scribes and the Pharisees are there, and Paul is definitely a Pharisee, a pretty zealous Pharisee. Studied at the feet of Gamaliel, was Paul there? Not on the side of Jesus, but as one of his critics during that time. He doesn't come out and say that. He doesn't say I. He he admits to being supportive of the stoning of Stephen. But that's the first time we see his interaction with Christianity directly. But he didn't just become a Pharisee that day that Stephen was mart- martyred. Take, you know, he, he was raised like that. He, he talks about how he's circumcised on the eighth day and all these other things. Uh, so was he there? I mean, I, I, certainly I can't prove that he observed any of Jesus' earthly ministry in person. I don't think I can prove that, and he never claims that except for uh, when he says, like, our according to our gospel. I think at one place I don't remember. He obviously has dealings with Luke. Luke sought out eyewitnesses. Some people might suggest that Luke, because of this, the style of the Greek here, that Luke might be either an author or a, a uh, compiler or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know if yeah. you have any more thoughts on that point.
0: But. Yeah, I mean, I just looked at a, somebody's construction of a timeline of the events of the Book of Acts, and it would put um, Stephen's speech a year after the Ascension. <laughs> so not not a lot of time. No, yeah, Paul, oh, yeah, right. That, that that makes it almost hard to believe that Paul
1: wasn't aware of of christ's earthly ministry so but he doesn't claim any special connection and he doesn't say you know he pers- he he criticized jesus or anything like that so i did have there was a positive note in the comments i wanted to share if it's okay with you it's the final comment sure. right now is that okay sure sure please, so please. Uh, patrick says i've noticed that the more dan <laughs> studies the bible the more calvinistic he sounds so <laughs> okay. i'm i'm happy to see that and uh, I would be happy if he was not only almost, but altogether persuaded of Calvinism. But uh, more, more uh, importantly, I'm, that we seek the Bible then.
0: I'm Keep... going to um, let that slip.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're going to neglect <laughs> I, I, that. Okay. Let it drift I,
0: by. I, I, I'm going to let that comment just drift right on by. Okay. That's, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's probably fine. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Thanks to Jamie as well. I see Jamie was commenting along and a lot of his comments are parallel to ours. I'm just not posting them because they're just uh, duplicates, except this one about origin. God willing, I do plan to come back to the origin discussions. So it's just that I'm I'm dealing a lot with the Nick discussions. So (laughs) I can only multitask so much. All right.
0: Very good. All right. Thank you so much for a great discussion.
1: God be with you. Also with you, Dan.